goes through a beautiful explanation of duality of the quick mind, the conditional mind dreaming. He says a simple thing near the end. He says, hey, listen, just yell out not to. Yeah? There is no two. The two is what gives everything all this meaning that it could be different, that it this and that, yes? But it's, if it's not two, you're only engaged in mind, as mind, yeah? Like it says, it says, you know, stop, it says, you don't have to look for the truth, just stop cherishing your own opinions, basically. That's what it says. <laughs> it's beautiful. He says, stop looking, don't have to look for the truth, just stop believing your own shit. Yeah? <laughs> You're the one that's injecting time and distance to this, this, this situation. Yeah? How can, see, the way you can neuter oneness beautifully is to compare it with two-ness. Yeah? So if, if, if two-ness is, is relevant only if there's a one, and one is relevant there only there are two, it's a perfect way to hide it. There is no thing, nothing. There's, I'd say none without a first. There is no first, and then the delusion is there's two. There's none. Zippo. Yeah? Zip. None. There's just what is. There's no way it can be described. There's no way it can be framed. There's no way it can be done justice to, no matter how much or how lovely you point at it. It's best just to point at what's not so, because that's what you're seeing, you're perceiving. That's what the thought system is about. Yes, that's what the body is about. That's what separation is about. That's what this world as a real solid object is about. That's what this object is about. It's about what's not so. So by telling the truth about all of this, that's the closest you can get to what you already are. Yeah? It's like the eye gives up the idea of ever seeing itself. Yeah? And in that, it recognizes it. You're not going to recognize it by knowing it. You recognize it by the seeing. Yeah? You don't, you don't see it. You recognize the quote-unquote it of nothingness by the seeing. By its activity of awareness, that's how you get a beat on it. You're never going to find it in your little, like, what, you, what do you call that thing when you have a gun? The sight. Yeah? You're never going to get it in your crosshairs. You're never going to be able to, okay, there's, there it is, the truth. It's not a thing. See it? And the way the mind in the splitness of it is construed, it, it, knows, it knows things, yes? It has to know things. It conceptualizes them. It makes everything, it makes nothing into something all day. That's the only way it recognizes it. That's what is exhausted. You stop trying to see what you are, and then, then you realize the seeing is what you are. You stop trying to see what you are, and you recognize the seeing, the awareness is what you are. Not to try to use the awareness to find you, yeah? Not to find, I'm going to become aware of my authentic self. No, just the, just the seeing, being conscious of the seeing, is what I am, yes? The mind reflects my own nature. It sees its original face, which is nothingness, and there's a certain thing there. And so, what's brought about is a sense of presence by your inherent absence. And I mean, emphasis on inherent. In other words, it's, that's what's so. You're inherently absent as this action figure. Yeah? 
You're an appearance at best here. You came and you're going to go. Yes? You came and you're definitely going. Yeah? But what you inherently are is not what comes or goes. Now what's the closest thing that you, while you're living here as an action figure, can sort of come in contact with that gives you a sense that's much different than all of this? Isn't it awareness or consciousness? Isn't it a, there's like an, aware, an intelligence nothingness that seems to be permeating everywhere but never seen, never put a finger on, never like dressed up, never captured, never claimed, never put a leash on it, yeah? And yet, it's the most dominant uh, influence here. Without the awareness, there would be no life that could be had, yeah? Without the awareness of the thoughts going through your noggin, there would be no obsession with self, and there would be no sense of being a self. It has, all of that has to be produced, but what allows all the production and then all the destruction of everything going on here is what cannot be produced nor destroyed. Yes? It must have an opposite quality of, from everything else that's appearing in it. Yes? So if you see the nature of this place that things come and go, like Jesus, I believe, was implying when he said, you're in this world but not of this world. Yeah? So, okay, stop studying about what you think you're of and study what you believe you're in. Yeah? And then take his negation of that. You're in, the, you're in this world. All right, let's see what it feels like to be in this world. Yeah? Just a simple investigation. And then negate it with, I'm not of this. Yeah? It's still a negation practice in a way. So first, okay, so what is it to be in this world? Well, obviously, my emphasis is, this is my focus point. This is my camera tripod. I see life from this position all the time. In different countries, at different times of the day, it seems always to be locatable here. Yes? Okay, so that's the flagpole. Now, what do I think is happening here? I believe life is happening, but I believe it's happening to me. That's how it feels like it. Yeah? And I see a lot of yous out there. And there seems to be time. I seem to grow older over a period of what I would call time. And there seems to be something I don't put much attention on, but the whole place is mostly space. Yeah? But my emphasis, I can't see the space, but I can see the things in the space. So, okay, well, if I'm not of this place, yes, if I'm in this place, which I would think the perceptual way I'm structured is being in this place, and so this structure, this eye only sees things. It doesn't see space, really. It doesn't. Can you see the space? No. You can only run into the wall. You can't see the space. Yet what carries the vision the seeing, the looking, really, is the space. But you don't notice it, yeah? So perceptually, I'm, I'm, this is built to see things. It's never going to not see things. That's what it does, yeah? And it feels, yeah? It takes in stimuli. And there is a sentience and a, a consciousness, and I'm seeing subtler things, like feelings and thoughts, yeah? They're, they, they're having a noting or re, a reaction in this thing. When a thought arises, that it's seen. Just like I'd see a bird fly by a window. When a feeling arises, it's felt, yeah? Those are subtler things than chairs and people, yeah? Objects. So there's different degrees, but they're all things, yeah? All things. So it says, all right, so I'm in this place of things, but I'm not of things. So obviously, what would be the negation of thingness, non-thingness, okay? Yeah? 
if I'm not of thingness, I must be, quote-unquote, of non-thingness. Now, I'll never know that as a thing, <laughs> yeah? But if I know it, in a sense, by realizing I'm not a thing. Not by realizing what I am, but by realizing what I'm not, yeah? By realizing what I'm not, hey, there's a possibility gets in there, and then the head entertains it. It's sort of like a novel little thing comes up, and the mind, being laden in laziness and habit, and being somewhat asleep, rises up and gets this little novel invitation. Hey, I may not be that. Let's roll that around. And then it starts, oh, what happens? It realizes, starts entertaining first, and what happens is the entertaining produces, or the understanding, the entertaining produces a view, yeah? So now you have a, a sort of a working view. Hey, I'm not the thinker of my thoughts. That's not the experience all day you're having, but it's now a new understanding. So you're trying to, through repetition, entertain a new understanding. By entertaining the understanding, what can be, it's not triggered because it's an untriggered event, but what can seem to come about is vision. Yeah. So the view, or the understanding, taken into the, the active system of the delusion, yes, the perceptual thought system, feeling all like that, the sense, the identification as a you, we're now giving it a different, a little bit of different information or a different uh, understanding. You entertain it, it produces a view. You start to have a way of life now and you're starting to see, hey, these are alcoholic thoughts. And, uh, and I realize if they're not mine, I seem to travel a lot lighter with thoughts if they're not my thoughts. And then you start seeing, okay, so the real thing that... Of the ofness is transferred into the inness is through my, it's through identification as, yeah? So the ofness gets transferred, it doesn't lose its ofness, but it now gets engaged in the inness, yeah? Through, I believe, the bridge of identification. So now thoughts are my thoughts, body, my body, time, my time. So all of this, all of these things that produce this situation, it cannot be created, it's just made. It's like an appearance. And my ofness gets engaged in it by the inness. How does the inness get produced and reinforced? The act of being identified. Yes? As a thing. Yeah? With things. Yes? Yeah. So then the engagement gets really hot and heavy now. Yeah, really hot and heavy. There's like, there's like non-consensual sex all day. Thing and thing producing tons of other things, subtler things like feelings and subtler things like thoughts, tons of them, producing them, all coming from a very small system of thought, which is totally rooted in a conceptual idea that there was a past to have a historical sense that you've been here, because the biggest job it has is to produce the evidence, though false, that you were here, that you will be here, so that you feel like you are here. Yeah? Because if in this moment, you were in this moment without this and that, there would be a sense of the spaciousness or the nothingness of this moment would override all the thingness of this place. But if there's a structure that your attention and interest can get sent to the past and get sent to the future, where all it is is about things, yeah? You're thinking thoughts about you as a body and worried about what's going to happen to you or someone, another you that you're engaged with, yeah? And the mind, in all that hubbub, produces 
a lot, kicks up a lot of dirt. So the illusion of being that which has been thought about and which is, gonna, is being thought about in the past and the future is actually here now. Yeah? But it's in this moment where the, there's a huge gap. So here's this little mental realm of the past and then the mind stays quite unconscious about this moment and it jumps over this very incredible chasm of nowness, let's say, and goes into the, the future linear story of Paul. Yeah? And it's gotten quite good at this jump, like evil can evil, yeah? It just all day, all day, all day, all day. With your desire to get more into the moment is another form of being out of the moment. All of these for, are forms of being out of the moment, really. And they're doing their job. Because while you're trying to get in to this moment, what's trying to get into this moment? A projection of you in the future and a projection of this uh, view uh, from the past. That's what's trying to get in. Yeah? If you were actually here, which we are, there would be no, it would be obvious very quickly that you can't be out of the moment. <laughs> it would just be really blatantly obvious. It would smack you upside your little figurative head. Yeah? And then you would see that the chasm is what's actually happening, that nothingness, and all this manufactured train of a linear story with you, no matter how many cards you have on your little train of self-will, yeah, and no matter how many windows and advertisings on it, all that is just made up. It's just happening in this giant chasm. In other words, there isn't a chasm with this and this, there's this, there's just a chasm, yeah, and all this is just appearing in it. So then, once that starts shifting out, the upness is now sensing the upness more than the inness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the what's seemingly in starts traveling lighter. It gets a giant dose of upness, starts downloading, downloading into the inness. Yeah, and now you have relief from things, be it feelings, thoughts, objects, this object, whatever. They're all things. Yes, you start having relief from things. Because your constant habitual pleasure allegiance to thingdom has been broken. Yes? You're now pledging allegiance to no thingness. And the point is, there's no special time to pledge allegiance to it because it's a timeless place. Yeah? So there's no, you don't have to waste any time preparing. You're here. Yeah? It's wide open right now. <laughs> it's not like you need a special chant to open it. It's wide open. That's why they say it's the open secret, you know, or the gateless gate. Yeah, they have all these very, very sly ways of saying, hey, stupid, it's here now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me think, let me ponder what it means, a gateless gate. Obviously, without, if a gate was gateless, it wouldn't be a gate. Yes. <laughs> and an, a, a, an open secret could not be a secret. <laughs> if it's open, <laughs> it sort of belies the whole definition of a secret when it says open. Yeah? So these were meant to sort of hatch the mind that's taking itself to be a thing in thingness. Yeah? But it's, in, it's impressive, inherent nature is always available at all times. All the while we're doing this, this giant pantomime is going on, that stillness of of constant presence is available. Yeah. So we're just going about looking at it through the negating way tonight. So that's a very good statement. Read it in the New Testament. He says, you're in this world, but not of this world. It's a perfect form of negation. Yeah? 
He's not saying there is no world. That's pointless. That's what I saw a lot of people do in mistakes in the Course of Miracles. They would say there is no world, yet all day the world's saying there is a world. You're saying it. it was like sort of a, it didn't work. But you can, you don't need to go that way. You can just say, okay, well, what is it to be in this world? Yeah? And by seeing that, and then entertaining I'm not that, then the sense of upness comes in. And then that view, based on entertaining and understanding, turns into vision. It doesn't turn into vision. It's just that there's a vision always available, but now the vision gets emphasized. And then what happens is the understanding is really put down. It did its job. It's like in Buddhism they say, all right, there's a, you get on the raft and you take it to the other shore. You, what, you're going to pick it up and climb it? It already did its job. It brought you to the other shore. Yes? You see yourself on both shores anyway, but... You get to the other shore. There's no need to put the raft on your head and walk around with it. Yeah? Well, like Ramana said, you're on the train and you have a big bag. Why stay? Keep it on your head. Put it down. You're on the train. <laughs> you don't have to carry it anymore. The train is carrying you. Yes? Something is carrying us already. So the raft would be like the understanding yeah? of a view. Like in Buddhism, they talk about the Eightfold Noble Path. And some people say it's... Uh, circular or linear. Let's take the linear view. And there's eight things. And a lot of it's right livelihood, right understanding, right meditation, you know. And But the first one is right view. Yeah? So the right view, or the right understanding, the right view produces the rightness that goes through all the other aspects, yeah? But the right view, really, it's that's a preliminary position not a position, but let's just look at it that way. It's really, it's just a temporary, like, uh, substitute for vision, yeah? When the vision kicks in, the understanding, though very honored, is put down. There's no you putting it down. It's just put down because its service is complete, yeah? You may share it and stuff, but its service is complete. Now it's activated. Now it's vision. Now there's a scene, yeah? Now I don't see, I haven't seen anything past that, the scene. But the seeing is like, that is the all-terrain vehicle. That is the, that is the incredible, uh, totally reliable state that's always available at all times. The view isn't, and nor is an understanding, yeah? You may have an understanding that would be added onto or taken from if you heard some, from someone else, yes? But seeing is never added on or subtracted from, yeah? It's, it's beyond this place. Yeah. Then, when that starts kicking in, even if it seems to only be at certain times, that timeless moment, even though you bookended it with uh, in a 24-hour day, let's say, and let's say, oh, I only felt this for five minutes, but in those five minutes, because it's timeless, a lot of stuff gets downloaded. A huge amount of info can get downloaded. It, may t it looks like it, you know... Like you would think you'd have to study for years to have that much download. But it's not based on time, yeah? So the download can rush in and it, it does, it's not, it's not a comparative to amount, amount of time that you're under it. It's like in, they say in recovery too. And in a lot of spiritual things, they say uh, you'll get like tenfold uh, uh, return from the effort that you seem to take, yeah? So you take a little effort, or you help some people, and you get a huge wealth of downloads from that. Because they're talking about a timeless place. So the downloads, 
the amount of uh, data isn't stretched out in time, yeah? It can happen in a split second, and no one would even notice it, and you may not notice it, and yet that next moment you would never be the same again. It could possibly, it goes like that for some people, yeah? Others, there's more and more downloads, yeah? But one quality of it is it's timeless. So uh, it throws this whole ball game off, yeah? The nine-inning game, you know, or like it's going to take five lifetimes to get somewhere, or you've got to do 800 purifications of the body, or like that. All well and good, fine. If that's the form the mind wants to express as, that's fine. But that whole ball game is thrown out of the, out of the picture when timelessness is dropped in, yeah? Because it's not, it's not required to play that game, yes, of, all right, this occurs and that. It's like we were speaking last night at a meeting, yesterday at a meeting, and the lady was speaking a really beautiful talk about, uh, you know, so turning her will and her life over, and she's like in this valley, and she uses this, this talk about, for her to get to it, it's like she's got to take this hike, and then she gets to this high ridge, and then when she arrives at the ridge, she senses that presence, yeah? And then she goes back and does a thing, and then she gets all befuddled, but then she gets out in nature, and she takes that thing, walk, right? Takes hours, and it's really hard, and, but then when she gets there, she, there's that presence. And I just said, well, why not just move on to the ridge? <laughs> you know what I mean? Buy a house on the ridge. You know? I mean, there is a, there is a possibility. So then you're always on the ridge. <laughs> you know? I mean, it sounds great, but, I, you know, this, but I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be in the valley <laughs> and then want to get to the ridge and have everything that I believe can occur, can only occur at the ridge. I want to be on the ridge then. <laughs> Yeah, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> so this is what it's like. You want it like in the Course it says, it talks about meditating, contemplating, doing all these practices, and it says, because it's mind's intent to go free, you will go free, free through those things, but they'll take a lot of time. Yeah. But then there's some who are reading this book, it may be meant for you that this Course of Miracles, its whole point is to speed up time. So that won't take you so much time. You don't have to meditate 30 years. You don't have to do this and do that. Well, this is about that. What could save the most time is because of its timeless nature. Yeah? And this, I find, this solution has a timeless quality. That's its quality. Yeah. And like I was saying the other day, if someone, when I was born, someone put a hand on my shoulder. Yeah? And it was been there about my whole life. Now, it would, it would have been causing the effects, yeah? But I didn't know this was the cause, and my mind would have made up tons of stories why I felt certain ways, why my one shoulder drooped, you know, I blamed maybe my mother for the way she held me or whatever. Huge, elaborate, and probably go to a therapist to try to get to the root of it, yeah? And I would, I would, I would have the effects, and I would be naming the causes, and when my life brought about the, those changes, the cause wouldn't change. The effects, it would, it would just morph, yeah? So I must have been wrong. And yet, one day the hand lifts, and I now know it was the hand by its absence, yeah? I now know that what defeated me, in a sense, was self, identification as self, because that's been, that's been relieved, yeah? It's by the relief, it's by the solution you know the problem. You're not going to know the solution from the problem, you know the problem from the solution. So when 
the hand was lifted, all those stories, and they were very intricate probably, that create this unbelievable, uh, to give me a, you know, I don't know what, something, you know what you do. Either you get right about it or you become a victim because of it. Somehow your mind's mining it like a gold mine. You know, these nuggets of victimhood and feeling, you know, never be loved because my shoulder droops, all like this. Yeah? But now, the hand lifts, I go, wow! So that was it. So when I came to recovery, first I thought it was you was my problem. Yeah? All the other people in my life, seriously. It felt very uncomfortable. Then I thought it was the police and, you know, the judges and everything. Then I thought... It was my drinking and using. And then when I, so sometimes I get away from people, but I'd still be in the same dilemma in a way. The uncomfortable, it was not from the people, it's in here. And the police, I get, wouldn't get arrested, but the same problem was still there. Irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And I believed when I stopped drinking and using, it was going to be solved. But it wasn't solved. It was a rude awakening. A lot of those habits I blamed on drinking and doing coke were really blowing up while I was sober. Yeah, they were still acting out. So I had misnamed the problem many times. And yet, finally, though, they gave me an idea. They said, it's obsession with self. So I tried that. While I was going with that, along with that for nine years, I heard another message. Hey, it may be identification as self. It wasn't said that way. But it was, maybe you're not that which is seeking to learn another form of meditation. Maybe you're not that that has, that's, that's the thinker of these thoughts. Maybe you're not that, yeah? So that bit, my mind entertained, and then when that identification of self was lifted, I knew the problem by the solution, yeah? And it's been the last solution I've received, yeah? I was never going to know that it was, an identifica- it was identification of self from the problem. There, I would do a little better with a view and an understanding. But the vision comes from when I, something happened and that bondage of self yeah, weakened sufficiently that the vision, this, the looking became de-emphasized and the seeing became obvious. Yeah. And in that, I knew the problem. That's what happens. Yeah. So right now, we're using a, a very tried-true form without even knowing it. Repetition and negation, in a sense. And it's not a form. I just want to talk about it tonight. Yeah? We're taking, we're looking at what we're not. We're not the thinker of the thoughts. We can't, we're not going to describe what that is. We're just going to say, hey, I'm not the thinker of the thoughts. I'm not actually, I'm not having, I'm not the one that's having these feelings. These feelings just occur, yeah? I am not the one who uh, was here yesterday. Nor am I going to be the one who's going to be thought about being here later. I am not the object of my thought system, nor am I the subject of the thought system. I'm not the thinker, nor what's thought about. Yeah? I'm not da 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 I'm not of time. Yes? And what happens is, by seeing what I'm not, there's an intimation of what you are, and that's the best you can get with what you are. You can't get closer to it. You are it. But the obvious closeness of it starts intimating it, starts seeping through your little like saran wrap, uh, all defense packaging, yes? It seeps out, actually, out. And then, um, it has a huge, it doesn't say much, but its impact is very powerful. Yeah? Its impression is probably the strongest impression I've ever had. 
and it was the less, it was the least felt in a way, yeah, and definitely the least seen. But its influence has been unbelievably great. And all these little qualities or whatever, you get an intimation of what you can't see. Yeah? Because you'd have to be something else to see it. Yeah? You can't have it, you're not going to have an experience of it. There's no freaking way. Because you would have to be something other than it to experience it. You are so much it, you can't touch it as what you're not. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, because every time you would touch it, you'd make something out of this nothing that we are. And then you would call it you, and yet you, it would be a great disguise of what you are. Yeah, you wouldn't notice it, because you were looking for it. Yeah. So, it's hot in here. So ask questions, if you like. You know, with the, uh, the idea of... Um, in the program, I've been trying to share a lot the idea of uh, the two-prongedness of the third step. Yeah, how it's described in the book. It says, you know, it talks up for about three pages in our book uh, about uh, the the failedness of selfing. You know, self-centeredness, self, you know, self-seeking, all that. You'll be virtuous and kind, and that's still self-seeking, and you'll be a nasty prick, and that's still self-seeking. It doesn't, it doesn't look any way. It looks both ways, yeah, in the dualistic break. Yeah, you ever see a butterfly? It's just like printed, and then the, both wings look exactly the same, yeah? But there's two of them. It's just like that. Everything is nothingness, and it goes like that. And then we think, and we can just be at this one. But that's what it pointed out very clearly in the book, that, oh, the self-seeking will be virtuous and kind to try to get what he wants. But isn't that self-seeking anyway? And isn't it the real dilemma is that we're suffering from a very major delusion that is, no matter how much evidence contrary that we're not managerial quality, we'll still believe we, if we could only manage better, it would go great. Yeah? Against all evidence. It's the perfect defense against any evidence. You, the evidence is strewn all around you, but there, you'll just keep thinking, if I just did it better, it'll work. <laughs> but we're not managerial quality. So then it gets to this very important statement. It says, okay, the how and why of the whole program. Wouldn't you think that would be underlined if it was, a, if it was an instructional manual? Really, if you saw the how and why. I think it says that, right? The how and why of this whole program? Or the how and why of the whole thing, whatever. I would say that would be a very important, it would be italic anyway, or highlighted, yes? The how and why of the whole program. This is a program of action, how and why. Okay? And it says, all right, the how and why of it is, first off, quit playing God. It doesn't work. And then it says, next, in this drama of life, we're going to be, God's going to be the director. I'm just using the word God because that's what they use. It can signify whatever you want it to signify. But God's going to be the director and we're going to be its humble servants. Yes? So that's the position of humility. Yeah? That's the, that's the whole key to program. That's what uh, accesses the psychic shift, yeah, is that, is to realize we're not managerial quality. Stop playing God. So how do you stop playing God? Well, the interesting thing is, if there's the identification of self and you try to stop playing God, that would be playing God, yeah? If, this, if the self 
stops trying to play God, that would be playing God. Yeah? So you can't, self can't get out of self. See, that's the one of the conundrums. That's good to see. Yeah? So if self, like if you and I signed up for a two-year course on obsession with self, that could be construed as obsession with self. Yeah? We'd be obsessed with self, basically. All the while we were studying obsession with self. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> so self can't get out of self. That's a very important one to remember. So that first mistake isn't, isn't fueled by a lot of action and a lot of story writing. Yeah? You realize, Jesus, I cannot get out of this thing called playing God. Yeah? But if I am not that, which is playing God, what happens is the juice, that God-like juice that the self is, the, self in, the self-centered system is using to play God, see, it has to have the God-like juice to play God. Yeah? Even on this small level, he doesn't get that much juice. It has enough just to fool you. False evidence appearing real and all like that. But, so it has to have your juice. So, and what your juice is constantly given to its, act, its antics of playing God by interest and attention being wedded to whatever you believe is you. So all those thoughts are about you, those feelings are about you, the time is about you, the history is about you. So your attention and interest takes the God juice and gives it over to the tyrant selfing. Yeah? Now the selfing uses that to do what? Play God. Yeah? So it can produce false evidence to appear real to you. It won't appear real to someone else, but it will appear real to you. What would happen if I'm not that? If I am not that which allows this, all this interest and attention, yes, all this awareness, all this consciousness, if I'm not that which allows that to be transferred to selfing, if I am not self, that breaks that whole fucking uh, route, yeah? Like supply line. I cut the fucking supply line. And therefore, it still has the antics of playing God, but doesn't have the juice to play God. So the movie starts looking pretty bad, like a cheesy black and white old porno movie, basically. Not technical, not Panavision, not surround sound, not totally engulfing and, and enveloping your attention and interest. You see it as fucking baloney, basically. It's the same old, same old, trotting around, because it's been so used to having your juice, it's sort of gotten lazy in a way. Juice is now being retracted, and it starts losing what? Its influence over you. Yeah. The selfing now doesn't have the influence over you because you're not taking it to imply that there's a you. Yeah. So selfing isn't happening to you and you're not doing selfing. Selfing is not happening to a you, to you, and you're not doing the selfing. That's extracting a lot of God juice and therefore you now, the emphasis is on God and God doesn't have to play God, it is God. Yes? It doesn't have to make a pantomime like a fucking, like a, a theater of the, of the uh, bazaar because it's not God and play God and try that. What would God do here? Well, it'd get everything it wanted. It would fuck everyone. It would do whatever. No, it doesn't, it's not doing that, create, you know, the theater of the absurd God. It's just being God. Got him. Yes? Very open, very available, shining like grace all day. Yes, a lot of juice. Extending constantly, available to all, like the rain falls in everyone's head. It's not only in you know Pacific Heights and no rain on the mission. Everyone gets wet. Yes, all that happens. Yeah, and now, so now you're under this new dominion in a sense. 
a lot of upness starts being emphasized, and you start losing interest in the inness so much. Yeah. You don't see them as the trains to your holy destination. You see them as forms of expression, really, and the mind's expressing. Yeah? And it's a very moving theater. You know? It's no, it doesn't have a set route. It doesn't, okay, we're going to be at you know, Amherst Tuesday night at 7. No, you, you're flexible. Things go the way they go. But, you're, you know, you're loose. Yeah? You're fitting yourself around circumstances, not trying to fit them around a you that you're not, but you're fitting yourself around circumstances. And you realize how big you are. You are very, very large. Just like you've been through all this stuff, Deb. And you've done, I found, I've watched you, and you've done incredibly well because it hasn't been you doing it. You're, you, the, the, the largeness of your mind is capable of enveloping anything that shows up here. Because the ofness is always bigger than the inness. Yeah? The ofness is context, the inness is content. Yes? The context is basically always embracing and holding. Yes? That's what it, nature is. Yeah? The content. Yes? Striving, seeking, this and that. Context. So that, I say, is what we are of, yeah? Though we seem to be in here. The only thing that has a trouble with that is a you. Yeah? If the you isn't seen to be you, it's totally, it's, just, it's fine, just the way it is here. It's the way it is. <laughs> Why is it? Who the fuck knows, really? I wouldn't pay much attention to it. You never figure it out. Just see what you're not, and sooner or later, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, really, there'll be a sense of the seeing of what I'm not is what I am, somehow, you know? It'll start getting more and more flavor, I hope. That's my hope. That's not my hope, actually. I have total faith in it. Yeah. I mean, what, really? How could you not? I've seen someone...